0: Phone streams, and standard definition. Programming subject to change. Fees, terms, and restrictions apply. See for details. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the People's Bishop and Pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 55498 your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you so bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give now here's today's life-giving message
1: celebration emancipation and restoration every day in jesus name amen so god have your way tonight we are open and we are ready Put in us what needs to be put in us. Take out what needs to be taken out. Move how you need to move. And we will give you the glory forever and ever 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 and If people are for us, we'll give you glory. If people walk away from us, we'll give you glory. If it looks good, we'll give you glory. If it doesn't look good, we'll give you glory. I will, bless the Lord, at all times. And his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Now tonight, God, we ask that you speak to us with strength and power. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody say amen. Let's go to work. So we're down to the last two messages in our series, The Ships, which has been teaching us uh, and allowing us to learn how to make all relationships better. Speak this over your life. Say all relationships will be better this year. Come on, speak it with authority. Say my relationship with God will be better. My relationship with who I love will be better. My relationship with myself will be better. Because for some of you, watch this, your greatest healing isn't going to be with other people. It's going to be with you, which is going to automatically affect how you deal with other people. Because when you're better, you can be better for everybody else. I need you to prophesy to somebody close to you, touch their shoulder, say you're going to be the best you ever this year. Tell them. You're going to speak better this year You're going to have a better attitude this year You're going to have a better disposition this year Everything about you is coming up this year And when you come up, your relations come up When you come up, your family comes up When you come up, your business comes up When you come up, your prayer goes up When you come up, your praise go up Let's pause for the cause and put a praise right here For everybody that expects every area of your life to come up Right there, go Come on Wednesday, Holla, I'm going up So, there are three things that I have taught you that you should have down packed by now as it relates to a Jubilee year. Number one, a Jubilee year is a year of celebration. And if you're unfamiliar with what a Jubilee year is, go back and look at the series Jubilee. Celebration means that there are only two options for you in every situation you face. I don't care if it's an obstacle. It's really an opportunity. I don't care if it looks like a challenge, it is really an opportunity for you to conquer. I don't care if it's a valley, it is simply the precursor to your mountain. Everything for you this year is going to be win or win. Number two, it's a year of emancipation, which means there are no restrictions. Y'all got used to seeing my cage up here because that's how most Christians live. They live caged lives where they do not accomplish what God has ordained for them to accomplish. Why? Because they feel like they have restrictions. And hear me, all of the restrictions that have existed have only existed in your head. My prayer for you this year is that you have no restrictions in your mind. That everything that the enemy has put in your mind that restricts you, that that would fall off of you this year. That everything that's happened in your past that's put restrictions on you, that that would fall off of you this year. Everything playing in your subconscious—that's your spirit. Because words were spoken to you, and those words are playing in the back of your mind that restricts you. That that would fall off this year. I need you to say it with authority when they say there are no restrictions. There. Last night, I did a Therapy Tuesday teaser and I talked about in John six sixty three. just look at me, how the Bible says that the words that we speak are spirit and they uh, can bring life and or death. You are a spirit that is a subconscious mind and you possess a soul. Your conscious mind, thoughts, will, and emotions and you live in a physical body. Pay attention, when words are spoken, even though the word has ended, the residual of the word remains in your spirit. Pay attention. This is why somebody could have said something years ago and it still plays in the back of your mind because it's not just a word. The words that are spoken are spirit. And for some of you, you have things playing in your mind from people that will only to your life to speak something into your life and then exit your life. And now you're dealing with the residual of what they spoke. And I need you to have some spiritual authority in the building and don't tonight. Say, so I cancel every negative and ungodly word that was ever spoken to me, over me, or about me I command it to be ejected from my spirit right now reset This thing is not natural. This thing is spiritual. Because for some of you, every time you want to take a step, that word is playing in the back of your mind. You're going to mess up. You're stupid. You're going to be just like your daddy. You're going to be just like your mama. Don't nobody want you. You're too dark. You too light. You too tall. You too short. You too black. You too white. You too red haired. You too black haired. You too brown haired. You too blue-eyed. You too. Everything that has ever been spoken to you, it is a spirit. And the enemy says, watch me, even though they're gone, the residuals of their effect can remain in your life but I'm so glad that if the words are spirit and I am spirit that means I got authority in that realm but y'all not saying nothing to me you have authority in that realm which means all you gotta do is decide to take authority and say in my jubilee year I'm not gonna have one restriction everything you said I couldn't do you are about to watch me do it everything I told myself I couldn't do I'm about to watch myself Make sure you're sitting next to somebody with some faith. Touch them and say, no restrictions this year. Third thing, a year of restoration. And restoration to God has never something going back to the way that it was. Restoration to God means that it will be better than it was before. So this includes relationships. So I taught you the definition of a relationship. It is a decision to engage in perpetual connection, association, or involvement. Every relationship is a decision. And you, watch me, Decisions decide your future. I'm going to say it again. Decisions decide your future, which means when you say relationship is a decision, your relationships decide your future, which is why you do not have time to be in relationship with people who aren't going anywhere. Why? Because your future has now just been prophesied to by their lethargy. You better hear what I'm saying. You do not have time for people who are not sure if they want to be in your life. Why? Because your uncertainty is going to make me uncertain in every decision I got to make and what I got to do. And I've been through too much hell. I've paid too much of a price. I've shed too many tears. I've cried too many. Y'all not going to say nothing to me? You've been through too much to not make it to what God has ordained for you. Say, it's my jubilee year. So what have I talked to throughout this series? We learn to ask this question. What type of person are they? For relationships to be better, the people in the relationships have to be better. Relationships are only as good as the people that are in them. I've taught you to examine people patterns, and I taught you the three people patterns the Bible says to avoid. The Bible describes them as farm animals, asses, pigs and dogs. Because some people, watch me, they don't even deserve to be in the house. You keep them in the barn. There are some people God says, don't you ever bring them close because their pattern doesn't deserve proximity. Let's go. I taught you what every relationship needs and I listed to you seven things that every relationship needs. Seven is the biblical number of completion. So when you have all of these things in place, that relationship won't be perfect, but that relationship will be complete. Then what did I teach you? I taught you what friendships need. This man that we studied, he was a paralytic and Jesus was healing people in the house. The house got full, they couldn't get in the house but this man had four friends and I prayed that you have your four because this man's four friends carried him to the house they took the roof off the house lowered the man down into the house and made sure that jesus healed the man jesus never even looked at the man the bible says he looked at them and he saw their faith and when he saw their faith he healed that man which means when you have the right friends you'll get some things just because of who your friends are would you look at somebody and say being my friend has benefits y'all not gonna say that to me. Oh yeah, you might get healed coming around me. You might get debt free coming around me. You might become a seven-figure owner coming around me. You might be the first one. Would you touch somebody and say, being my friend comes with benefits. And I ain't talking nothing sideways, no. If you got the right people around you, you'll get breakthrough. If you got the right people around you, They'll say, when well, you with them, you can come on in. When you're with the right people, you get access to places that you didn't have any business having access to because you got the right friends. So you do not need friends that represent where you come from. You need friends that represent where you are going. Why don't you need friends that just represent where you come from? Listen, if, if, if all you want to talk about is where we were, then we're never talking about where we're going. I don't need somebody talking about what me talk about remember, remember, remember. No, listen, this ain't Michael Jackson. I don't want to remember the time. I want to create some new times. I, I want to create some new stuff. I don't want to sit up reminiscing all day, talking about the good old days. If they were that good, we'd still be in those days. I want you to talk about what we're about to do next. Come on, y'all. I need you to prophesy to somebody next to you. Say, your four are going to be upgrades. Your, say, you're going to have a fantastic fall. Why do you need four? Because every corner of your life is going to be covered. This man had four friends, and with him, that's five. Five is the biblical number of grace, biblical number of favor, biblical number of supernatural, which means when I get with the right circle, we got favor, we got grace, we got super... Come on, say, the right circle is coming. So for those of you who say, I don't need people, what happens when you can't carry yourself? If you wanna go far, you can go alone. If you wanna go further, faster, you gotta go with the right crew. Did you hear what I just said? Listen, in football, you can't have one man that's playing the quarterback and the wide receiver and the line, and And for some of you, this is why you're so tired, is because in your life, you've had to play every role. And it's tiring when you got to back for you, when you got to throw the ball and then go catch the ball you threw, But this is why, please follow my instructions, but if you get the right people around you, just by virtue of having the right people, your stress is gonna decrease. Just by virtue of having the right friends, your stress is gonna decrease. Just by virtue of having the right people around you, you're gonna have areas of your life that they'll say, I got that for you, and you didn't have to ask me because I got your back. I saw that there was a need, and I met the need. You're gonna have friends that send you money in the middle of the day, say, here, go pay your mortgage. God I wish I had five people in the building Would you praise God for your four Some of y'all ain't praising him But if I were you I'd want the best God could possibly have I'd want a Shadrach, Meshach And that bad I'd want a Daniel around me I'd want a Joseph around me. I'd want a Moses around me. I'd want an Abraham around me. I'd want a David around me. I'd want a Paul around me. I'd want, a t- I'd want a gladiator around me. The right friendships can change your whole life. The right friendship, it goes from just having lunch to six-figure deals. With, With the right friends, it can go from, I can't figure this out, to let me introduce you to the person that you need to figure this out. So you don't need people around you that just wanna sit up and gossip and talk about the problem. You need some people that watch me say, well listen, I know exactly who you need to talk to. You need some friends that when you, when you need a hookup with the governor, you can say, well, look, all I got to do. <laughs> that when you need a hookup with somebody, you, all you got to do is make one connect. Come on. Please open your mouth one more time. Say, my four are going to be fantastic. And some of those seats may already be filled. But I submit to 99.99999% of you that they are not all filled. You Ready? watch me and that's okay because why would God sin better if you're not ready for better because better friends ain't gonna tolerate bitter people you ready I taught you what friendships need let's go I taught you this I taught you on last Wednesday I tried to get there with friends like these who needs enemies I taught you the types of friends to avoid. Hear me clearly. If you just listen to these messages and think, well, I know what I should do, but I'm not going to do it. Your life is literally going to be in the same place 12 months from now. And I don't know about you. That's not acceptable to me. A lack of progress is not acceptable to me. Lateral movements is not acceptable to me. But you you do not. This is not a line dance. You should not be going side to side, back and back. Mm -mm, mm -mm. No, only thing I'm doing is going forward. You need people around you that are going to help you get there. Then what did I teach you on Sunday? I talked to what romantic relationships need from biblical words for love. And one of the words we focused in on Sunday was this Greek word. There were a few words from Hebrew language of our Old Testament. A few words in Greek, language of our New Testament. And one of those Greek words was eros, where we get our word erotic. And most people, when you think of erotic, you think nasty. But erotic just means desire for. It is really romantic love. Say romantic. I want to jump right in. This message is called spirituality and sexuality. You ready? Here's why. You cannot separate the two. Because we're tripart beings. You are a spirit, that's your subconscious mind. You live in a physical body and you possess a soul. Pay attention to the wording. You possess a soul. You are not a soul. You possess a soul that is your mind. Thoughts, will, and emotions, emotions, which means if it is in your possession, that means it's in your control. That's why you see scriptures that say things like this: if you get possession of your soul, that you can you can alter your future. Why? Because I possess my emotions. But some of you, you are possessed by your emotions. You missed it, so I'm gonna back it up and say it again. See, you possess your emotions, but you have to be careful that you aren't possessed by your emotions. I possess my mind. I got to make sure that my mind doesn't possess me. I possess my will. I got to make sure my will does not possess me. All right? So in this, I want to jump right into this um, because sex is a part of the realm of your physical body, and it's a part of the realm of your soul, and it's a part of the realm of your spirit. In fact, the apostle Paul says it like this, that when you lay with someone, you become one with them. And for some of you watching me tonight, the revelation that's going to come forth is going to help you understand why you are the way you are. Because I want to submit to you, there's 200 people sitting in your seat. Bishop, what are you talking about? You trying to call me juicy? No, no not at all. <laughs> not at all. But everybody you laid down with and everybody they laid down with and everybody they laid down with and everybody they laid down with. The Bible says they're in you. So, for some of you, you ready? There's some single people where you, like, God, when are you going to send me somebody? It would be illegal for him to send you somebody because that would literally be, be polygamy. Because in the spirit, you still got eight illegitimate marriages. But tonight, uh-uh, don't get quiet on me. And I just started. Yeah. It was somebody next to me said, Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. All right, number one, sex is simple. Sex is both for procreation and pleasure. If you grew up in church, they they taught you that it was, you know, like it's not supposed to be pleasurable. And church people was the biggest freaks. Church girls? Freakiest. Of the freakiest. Okay? Sex is both for procreation, that means reproduction, and it is for pleasure. Genesis 1.28, Look at this in the CEV, Contemporary English Version. God gave them his blessing. And then what did the Lord say? Has a lot of kids. Okay? So he was saying, he was speaking to Adam and Eve in this instance, and he says to them, Y'all get together and y'all have some children. Now listen, he's saying, procreate and have fun while you're doing it. It's quiet in the building. See, don't y'all do that, why are you talking about sex business because if we don't talk about it here, you're going to depend on YouTubers and bloggers and Instagrammers who are telling you their opinion and not giving you Bible, right, it's for procreation and pleasure the, the, the Bible says, have some children. now is this, this too many <laughs> that's a lot and there's one up here <laughs> Jesus, is this a more kids hiding back here alright, so say sex is simple Number two, sex doesn't solve broken relationships. Okay, Um, a lot of people think, if, 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 and specifically in the context of marriage, we're talking here, right? Um, A lot of people think that sex is going to fix it. We just need to, we just need to have sex. And we have have more sex, it's going to fix it. Sex may prolong a broken relationship because it just makes you ignore what's right in front of you. But once you go wash off. I don't like y'all silence. Some of y'all, I swear to God. Listen, once you go clean up with that clean up rag, once you go clean up, you're gonna be reminded that you still can't stand them. Look, hear me, hear me. Sex may prolong a broken relationship, but sex doesn't fix a broken relationship. Let me prove it to you. Look at divorce rates, and this is pre-COVID. I don't. Who knows what the number It's probably like 90, 95, and 100. Pretty 50% of first marriages end in divorce. If sex fixed broken relationships, then why didn't it fix one out of two? 67% of second marriages. 73% of third marriages end in divorce, which means sex does not fix a broken relationship. So if you think that sex is the solution, you are crazy. Because it's not. Number three, I got seven points. You ready? Sex isn't love. Some of you, you ready? You ready? Let's go. When you were younger, things got woken up in you too soon. And the danger when things become awakened is sometimes it's difficult for it to be put to sleep. And for some of you, let's be, can we be real tonight? For some of you, it was kissing cousins. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. But then for some of you, somebody touched you in a way that they should not have touched you and it woke something up in you. For some of you, you walked in and saw something on the TV. Wasn't no computers and all of that uh, uh, years and years ago. You walked in and they had the VHS tape playing. Y'all ain't going to say that. They had the magazines under the bed. Y'all not saying nothing. You walked in there and caught one of them magazines. You watch to the end of I'm about It. <laughs> sex isn't Don't you Google that either. I can see somebody saying. Sex isn't love. We have been sold the lie that sex is love. I remember I was, I was doing premarital coaching. And this couple, and uh, they came in. And so, um, you know, I don't, I don't bless uh, necessarily every marriage. Just because people want to, you know, we want you to do it. I don't, I don't want, necessarily want to do it. Meaning, <laughs> <laughs> what I mean by that is, I'm not going to put my Because see, as a bishop, when I touch it, it's like God's touching it. So I'm not going to put um, my blessing on something that I don't necessarily think needs to be blessed. Um, so you don't need to make sure this thing is going to work. So let's equip you and then, you know. Be encouraged. Um, and so we got to the stage of sex. And so sex came up. And so um, I said, You're know, not married. I said, But let's we have to have this discussion. And so the lady said, The woman said, You know, well, sex is a big part of our relationship. I said, Oh, okay. So y'all just said, To hell with what he said. And, and I said, I'm not judging you. I just said, I just am curious as to how you feel valued by a man that won't wait. I said, I'm just curious. And I said to you, I said, sir, I'm just curious as to how you feel like you're going to protect her and cover her if you could not cover her with patience. I said, no judgment. I said, zero judgment. I said, because I know. I get it. I get it. I understand. I said, but all I'm saying is your flippant attitude towards God. I said, you didn't even say we know we shouldn't, but we be asking for forgiveness. You weren't even trying to ask for forgiveness. You finished dry off and talk about when's next. You wasn't even praying for forgiveness. Y'all ain't saying nothing. And so I said, I'm going to just tell you this. I said, your flipping attitude towards what God's desire is. Because sex before marriage is called fornication. All right? Now, listen, just because everybody doing it don't mean everybody right. And I know this is not going to be popular right here, so we're going to scoot through here real fast like you're sliding on some ice trying to get the Grape Street. But it's true, right? Because, and I'm going to show you why this is so important in a minute. And so I said, he says, well, oh, this is the way we express our love. I said, it couldn't be because it's the opposite of love because it's wanton disobedience. I said, it couldn't be love. I said, I said you all are setting yourselves up for a difficult marriage. I said, and to be honest with you, it's, this is likely not going to last. I said, but uh, when is it? Saturday at 8? Okay, we'll be there, <laughs> you know, okay? And, and, and so I, I said that. Years later, that couple, exactly as I said it was going to happen, Okay. Because they equated sex as love. And they thought that the only way they could express that love was through sex. Now, realizing sex is the lowest way in which you can experience love. Why? The animals can do it better than you. Oh, they be getting it in on the Discovery Channel. Y'all ain't sending. Y'all ready? So look. Let me prove to you sex is in love. Genesis 29. So Jacob um, is thinking he's working for seven years to marry Rachel. But Laban, the father of Rachel and Leah, Laban tricks him. And on wed night, he sends Leah into the tent. It's dark. Ain't no lights. No candles. Jacob has been waiting for seven years. Okay. (laughs) Jacob was... (laughs) Come on, Jacob had been waiting for seven years. So Jacob, look. As soon as they said, "Yeah, I now pronounce you Mr. And Mrs. Jacob," Jacob was like, "He's like, look, Leah, I can't pull some of the stuff they didn't put in this bag. Got this bag." Not yet. I got to get further in my points. I walked over there. I said, what they got in this bag? (laughs) All the Victoria's secrets is in this bag. Jacob was like, look, girl, don't put nothing on. Just be naked when I get in the tent. Jacob gets in the tent. Jacob hits it. And Jacob, come on, y'all. Let's be... See, see, some of y'all church folks, because y'all be the biggest freaks. Stop this. <laughs> oh, because I'm going to get to one statistic that's going to blow your mind. Jacob wakes up. Jacob thinks he's going to look over and look at Rachel. He's like, hey, babe. How did you get here? Nobody's supposed to be here. <laughs> Jacob's like, who is this? It's Leah. He's mad. He's frustrated. He goes, works for another seven years to get Rachel. Rachel must have been four. I mean, Rachel better have been that girl. Fourteen years? (laughs) So watch me. But, But Leah's married to him. He can't. Divorce her. Laban won't permit it. You ready? So you know what Leah does? You ready? Jacob doesn't love Leah because he never really wanted Leah. Look at me. He had to settle for Leah because who he wanted, he couldn't have when he wanted her. So what does Leah do? She has more sex. And more sex. More babies. Levi, Judah, Simeon, Issachar. She keeps having more babies. Look at me. But it doesn't change the fact that he still doesn't love her. So sex isn't love. So when you exchange sex and thinking you're experiencing love, you have deceived yourself because sex is is nothing more than the simplicity of procreation and pleasure. You ready? All right, let's go next. Number four, sex is sacred. Say sacred. Sacred. (laughs) Talk Wednesday. Say sex is sacred. sacred. Y'all can say sex. It's okay. It's okay. It's in the Bible. It's okay. Ready? First Corinthians, I want to show you this. First Corinthians, this is why I did it on a Wednesday. 1 Corinthians 6, 18. Flee from fornication. And what is fornication? Sex outside of marriage. He who commits fornication sins against his own body. Every other sin, the scripture says, is against someone. But fornication, God says, it's like taking a knife to yourself, cutting yourself, and wondering why you're bleeding. You ready? Ready? Right, right. Ready? Look at this. Proverbs 25, 26. It says this, like a muddied fountain in a polluted spring is a righteous man who yields and compromises his integrity before the wicked. What does this mean? What happens, because sex is sacred, what happens is that when you do it outside of the parameters that God has set up, God is like, you can have all of the sex you want in these parameters. Genesis. You can go to all the trees you want, except right here. Okay. He says you can get, you can have fun with it. He says if you need to get something to help you out, y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me, Christian ladies. He didn't get married to have a roommate. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. I can't do this. I. They put it in my bag, y'all. I I walked into the building, and this is what they had for my props. This man up here talking about prophesied, Bishop. And they told me it was all brand new, because I said, it better not be. (laughs) Don't let none of the saints walk up here and put them up here. Sex was created to be fun. Some of y'all are real. <laughs> Don't y'all look at me like that. Sex sex was created so that what was secret becomes known to one. What's she say? What type of church is this? These are real. (laughs) You ain't going nowhere with these on. My, my, my. My, 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 my. Put on your red dress. These are for real, for real. I, I'm giving these back so I didn't mess with them and get st- stuck in church. Listen. <laughs> All right, everybody say this. Say sex is, sex is sacred. Now, it was designed for the parameters of which God created it. And God says, you have fun. The marriage bed is undefiled. So as long as not sin, if, 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 if y'all married in a legal and biblical... Because some of y'all got this, you know we've been knowing each other since 12th grade. we basically because it's sacred, why would you want to cheapen it? Do you want to be Roots Chris or McDonald's? I'm just, you ready? look, look at your neighbor and say it's sacred. Uh -uh. Come on, tell them, say, it's sacred. sacred. Say, we don't lay down with just anybody. Mm -hmm. So what happens? Proverbs 25, 26. Like a muddy fountain, a polluted spring is a righteous man who yields and compromises his integrity before the wicked. So, 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 So what does this mean? When you have sex outside of the parameters that God creates, you become polluted everybody they laid down with is now in you and so consequently what's happening is the reason it's difficult for you to make decisions is because there's 10 of y'all in there because you just thought it was a physical exchange, not realizing that you have literally connected all three parts of your humanity, your body, your spirit, and your soul, your mind, thoughts, will, and emotions. This is why if you pay attention, you'll notice whoever you lay down with, you started taking on some of their tra- attributes. If they are punk, now you punking out. You ready? What do you mean by punk? If they pull back, they don't fight. If they're weak, all of a sudden you walk around crying in the middle of the day when that ain't even your personality type. Y'all ready? Number five, sex isn't intimacy. You can be intimate and never have sex and have sex and never be intimate. See, just because you know how to get naked doesn't mean you know how to be intimate. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. Just because you know how to take your clothes off does not mean you know how to be intimate. You can be intimate, pay attention, you can be intimate with someone, watch me, simply through conversation. If you look at intimacy, let's break it down. Into me you see, which means intimacy means you see parts of me nobody else did. In Genesis, the scripture says, and the man and uh, and Adam and Eve they were in the garden and they were naked and unashamed. What did they do? After they disobeyed God, they created coverings for themselves. So what did they do? They broke intimacy. This was not about sex. This was about them breaking intimacy. This is why for some of you, you have deep connections with people you've never ever had sex with. And for some of you, you have sex with people that you've never ever been intimate with. Because outside of the exchange, you really have nothing in common. Y'all not going to say nothing. Outside of the exchange, you really don't even desire the individual. It is simply about the transaction. You ready for this? Let me prove it to you. Look at statistics. 25% of married people say they have no sex at all. Christian people give it up. No, you don't understand what I'm saying to you. Christian married people lay thyself down and render therefore unto thy reasonable service. You ain't understanding, so let me stop speaking biblical. If you're married, they didn't marry you to have to fantasize about somebody else. If you are a prude, pray to not be one if you're married. And I just don't like all of that. Well, then what did you get married for? You could have been friends, pen pals, (laughs) email buddies, text friends. If you don't feed them somebody else, Married people feed one another. Y'all ain't going to say that. 40% of married couples say they have sex once a month. And this is what people said. So I know it's less. Because people lie. So I know, so I know, I know this is, this is, this is, this is it's probably more like 50 no, 40 monthly, 10 weekly. But this is what they said. 25% of married couples say no sex. 40%, 40% of married couples say sex monthly. 35% of married couples say sex weekly, okay? So, 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 so pay attention. These statistics tell us something interesting. Because excuse me, unmarried people, you didn't get married to live a single life. You ready? It's quiet in this building. You didn't get... (laughs) He prayed in tongues. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost. (laughs) You... mm. Come on. Number six. Number six. Number six. (laughs) Number six. (laughs) You didn't get married to have to touch yourself.
0: Okay. Now that has to be said,
1: because a lot of Christian marriages are 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 they're tearing apart. And, and watch me. And I'm not because remember, sex isn't, doesn't solve a broken relationship. So there's a deeper, the bigger issue is, well, why don't you want to if you married them? Let's deal with the lack of trust. Let's deal with the insecurity. Let's deal with the fact that they body shamed you. And so now you're like, since you body shame me, you can't touch my body. yada, yada. You didn't like these rolls and things, but now you can't have no rolls. Go get your own rolls from Texas Roadhouse. Y'all ain't gonna say that. So let me say this to married couples. You cannot down what you want to lay down with. Y'all can't say nothing to me. You better learn how to butter them biscuits. What is that? That's a euphemism for you better just make sure, hey girl, look at you with your, f- God, wait till I get home. Wait till I get up, Married Christian people. Y'all ain't saying nothing. You better go get you some Victoria's Secrets. <sighs> I am the people's bishop. So I can <laughs> you better look nice. If you're married, he don't want to always see you in no nightgown and roller set. Walking in the house, pulling that house coat over you like this. You want know what? Stop. You better look sexy, girl. You got all that body, yada, yada. Let your husband. <laughs> Fellas, when she married you, you had a six-pack. She didn't sign up for no keg. You gotta get in the gym. And if all you got is a little bit of bicep, you better, hey, look here, girl. I look here. Look here. Look here, girl. What you know about this here? nobody want to be okay let's go here wash your body because don't nobody want to be laid up and it's a whole bunch of funk in the house y'all ain't saying nothing to me just stinking smells like nasty sex just stinking i'm gonna teach a class one day i'm gonna show you you gotta get the proper things to be fresh Ladies, wash it. Y'all should have let me move on to the next point. Now I'm here, and so we're going to ride this point good. Wash it. Wash between me and D. Keep it clean. Keep it fresh. Spray some spray on it. Smelling like a cat. No! Uh,
2: all right. All right.
1: Out there now. We out there now. How about you had a long day? Well, you better take a long shower. Listen. All right. Number next. I'm gonna have to preach two services tonight so I can pick the second message. Oh fellas, don't don't act like that, fellas. Fellas. You know I work outside, but you shouldn't smell like it. So some Christian married people, it's just basic math. It's just basic logistics. They don't want you because you're not wantable. You've not made yourself presentable. Now let's preach in the scripture before they could go into the king in the book of Esther the ladies had to prepare themselves for six months before they could go into the king which meant they presented themselves so when the king saw them it was something desirable if you're married watch me, just because you married, married watch me, don't use that as I got you now no, what I did to get you is what I'm going to do to keep you, which means if you're married you keep on giving them your best and your best and your best and your best and, your best, and you keep getting better, but don't get sloppy because when you get sloppy, somebody going to slide in the DMs, and then all of a sudden you're going to be sitting up for marriage counseling Number six. Number six. There's only seven points. Last two. Y'all ready? Because some Christian married people, you be making it too spiritual. It is spiritual. It is. It is. But, but, but watch me. But you, you you take it to a place where you're presenting something you wouldn't want. Amen. Amen. Lord, hold my tongue. Don't push me. I'm not, don't, talk, nope. I'm not even talking to y'all, the rest of the church. I ain't even looking over there in this direction. I'm looking above y'all's heads for the rest of the message. When you're dating, let's go here. Let's go back. Let's go back. When you're dating, one of the things that's important, once you are with someone that you desire or you think is marriage material, it's one of the questions that needs to come up. Not getting free milk from cows, because you ain't no heifer. But it's a conversation that needs to be had, because if you got to drive, They got a Miss Daisy? You know, some folks just wake up, hey. (laughs) Go to lunch, hey. (laughs) Come home, hey. (laughs) Go to bed, hey. (laughs) Other people, hey. Four days later, hey. (laughs) 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 Valentine's Day, hey. Anniversary, hey. is Day weekend because it's a three-day weekend, hey. <laughs> it's an important conversation to have. It's a more conversation to have. You want to know a person's sexual resume? What's their history? Where you been? What you done? Who you done it with? Why? Because you bring all of that baggage into a marriage. And most Christians never talk about it because all they want to do, turn the stage lights off, is turn the lights off. All they want to do is just turn the lights off. That's all they want to do. So consequently, they never bring to light what needs to be brought to light because the only thing they want to do is turn out the lights, put on that little playlist, Ready? Look at me. And so consequently, that's never, ever addressed. Let's get to these last two points. Number two, sex is perverted by porn. Let me tell you the dangers of porn. One is, is, but first let me get to these statistics. One third of the porn users are women. Look at this next. The most popular porn day is Sunday. I know what you're doing when you leave church. was a word. Y'all shut that down. Mom on the phone. Daddy take care of some important business. be spiritual. Listen. $3,000 a second. The wealth of the wicked. $3,000 a second is spent on That's why, church, it's time for us, no, I'm just messing, no, I'm just I'm, not, I'm just messing, I'm just messing just messing, just, messing, just messing, just messing. All right, everybody look at me. So what does porn do? Porn creates a false sense of what to expect. You're expecting a professional actress out of your wife. She's a actress. Lord, hold my tongue. Roto, yanda, basaya. Ladies, you are expecting an actor out of your husband. That's an actor. Y'all not saying nothing. You're expecting a level of performance by people who are professionals and do it for a living. Y'all not saying So consequently, Paul... Jades what your expectations are because you're expecting what you saw, and then what you experience is not what you saw, so nothing can ever compete with what you see, which is why some of you still turn to a computer even though you have a spouse. Because you're competing with something that listen, look, if I try to make him, I'm not a movie maker. Okay, that's like me trying to go up against Steven Spielberg. He's a movie maker. You understand know what I'm saying? That's ridiculous! Look, I'm gonna be like, "Come on, hey, then I never shot you." Come on, yeah, now I'll run it. I will run it. I'll get everybody where they need to be. I'm gonna. Let, I will run it. But but watch me. Porn, porn creates this false image and this false expectation. And here's the dangers of it. Once you become addicted to it, you will enjoy it, married Christian people, more than you do a person. The psychology of porn teaches us that once you become addicted, you will begin to climax only from your addiction and never from the individual because you've perverted it and you want somebody to perform like a professional. Y'all ready? If you have a professional, Move on, Bishop. Number seven. Number seven. I'm doing good on time, too. Number seven. Number seven. Number seven. <laughs> it's last point. It's last point. You ready? That's why we did the heavy spiritual stuff at the beginning. Listen. Um, number seven. Sex outside of marriage is a setup. Now, I made reference to this, and I want to show you this, because even married people, I want to show you how it affects your marriage now. First Corinthians six sixteen. Or do you not know that a man uh, who has to, uh, or do you not know that a man who has to do with a prostitute with her in body? For God says the two shall become one. So every time you lay down with somebody, you become one with them. When I say lay down, sex. Every time, every time you have sex with somebody, because yeah, I need to be specific, because I don't. I can't lay next to you. <laughs> I just, <laughs> spirit transfer, I just want to be, that's true, it can, but I just want to be somebody. Right. Every time you have sex with somebody, your body is one with them, your soul is one with them, your spirit is one with them. One with them and everybody they've laid down with. Which is why if you don't know their history, you have no clue what you've been introduced to. Because some of you've been introduced to stuff and you're like, I didn't know I was being introduced to that. You told me it was two. I didn't know it was both of them at the same time. I, you did not. So now, so, so now, so now things are awoken in you. Things are introduced to you spiritually in your soul, mind, thoughts, feelings, emotions. And as these things are introduced to you, now all of a sudden, what is that scripture we read earlier? It's polluted you, it's a setup. And anytime, hear me, especially for those of you that are anointed, the enemy, watch me, anoint, can I, can I be very direct? Yes. Anointed people are very sexual people. Right. Gifted people can be very sexual people, which is why, you ready for this? Pay attention. If you look in the scripture, what was the tool that the enemy would use to get anointed and gifted people? Come on here. What did he do to get David? Y'all ain't gonna say that to me. Y'all ain't gonna say that to me. You ready? What did he do to get Samson? So watch me. So you think it's just a hit? No, no, no. It's a hit on you. Because what Samson didn't realize is when he was laying with Delilah, he was being polluted. And now that he's polluted, from Delilah and laying with Delilah whom he loves, but she doesn't love him. He can't even see what's happening to him because sex becomes a high, sex becomes this ecstasy. So let's have sex so we don't have to talk because I really don't like you. Let's have sex so we don't have to talk because I really don't enjoy speaking to you because there's a raw attraction, but attraction does not mean assignment. Every single time the enemy wanted to get somebody that was gifted, that was anointed, he set some on the shelf. Look at me, everybody look at me. And he's not gonna send something that you're not attracted to. If he know you like red bones, that's exactly what's coming. Red bones is a Southern colloquialism. If he know you like him, the darker the berry, the sweeter the juice. You gonna get you a blackberry molasses. If he know you like him white, he's gonna send you Kelly Kapowski, fresh from Saved by the Bell. If he knows you like a Latino, you are about to get a Latina. You gonna get exactly. He's gonna send you exactly what he knows you're attracted to. Said it right there. Said it right there. you ready? And then, watch me. If you're insecure, everybody stand. Amen. Amen. That was it. Seven points. <laughs> that was enough for the night. That was enough for the night. <laughs> that was enough. Everybody stand. So now, if you're insecure, what happens now is you'll get play. I mean, what is play? You get people propositioning you. You'll get play, and if you're insecure, you'll, equip, you'll equate play to real, genuine desire for you. Now, realizing that anointed people are attractive. Gifted people are attractive y'all that said that to me and when the enemy sees that on you he'll set you up and you'll think it's just sex it's just a little sex no big deal But now, you have become one, look what the Bible says, with a prostitute. Why does he say prostitute? He says, because they exchange their bodies for gifts. They get their rent paid, okay. (laughs) They got Gucci bags and Louis and whatever. Coach, yeah, yeah. Okay. He says, "He says you are anointed, you are gifted, but you exchange your body for somebody who would have gave it up to a nice price. you ready? Y'all ready? Yes, so look, he says, you become one. So now every person they laid down with has laid down with you. Their soul is now in your soul. Their mind is now in your mind. Their thoughts are your thoughts. This is why for some of you, it's so hard to make good decisions. There's a hundred of y'all in there. People you've never met live in you. For some of you married people, you know why you can't enjoy your spouse? Because it's difficult to enjoy one amongst a crowd. Because every, I know that's deep, right? Because every person you've ever laid down with, even if you don't think about them, now we don't even have, let's not go there about what's in their mind when they go up. We ain't going there tonight. Only seven points. (laughs) Only seven. But what happens, married people, it can be difficult for you to enjoy who you're married to because now you've got all of these other people that are in you, your mind, your spirit, your body. See, sex is simple, but sex outside of marriage, it's a setup. And I know we live in a culture where people just do it. And I know it's rare to find people who hold on to their V card. What's your V card? Your virginity. See, y'all don't even know what that is. They don't, even, they don't even make them no more. <laughs> <laughs> they stop printing B cards. They just. <laughs> but look at me. You are so precious to God that the scripture has this teaching. God ain't trying to keep something from you. He created it. God said, have fun. Wear all these see-through heels and do everything you want to do. in the confines of how I created it. Because that's the safe place to do it. You step out of that, it's a setup. Same from a movie. We're done, because we're going to pray a prayer. Because everybody tonight is going to pray this prayer. I don't, even care, I don't care if you're married. You're going to pray this prayer. That every unclean previous sexual experience you've had sexual partner you've been with that those ties are broken. Some of you are still insecure because you slept with an abuser. And even though that abuser is no longer in your life, the insecurity that was interjected into the tapestry that is you as an individual, your spirit, your soul, and your body is still there. But tonight. Come on, as They talk, but tonight. Everybody, just lay your hands on yourself. You ain't touching your neighbor now. This is between you and the Lord. Hear me, guys no guilt, no condemnation, no shame. None. None. I pray that any condemnation the enemy would try to send to you now, that that would be rebuked in this building and online. Now, there is now, therefore, no condemnation. To them that are in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away. All things are made new. Lay your hands in yourself. Say, Father, Father, in the name of Jesus, I've heard your word. I believe your word. Tonight, I pray that every previous ungodly sexual experience that I've had in my life. That tonight, that tie be broken. In my spirit, every previous sexual experience I've had, let that be broken. In my soul, come on, say it with authority, my mind, my thoughts, my will, and my emotions, let that be broken. In my body, every previous ungodly sexual experience I've had, Let that be broken. In Jesus name. Renew me right now. Renew me right now. Come on worship your God right there. Worship in the building and online. Worship your God. Worship your God. Come on worship your God like every soul ties being broken. Worship your God like every previous sexual experience is being broken. Worship God like that abuser ain't going to be in you. Worship God like that molester is still not on you. Worship God like who raped you, like that's still not there. Worship! 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 Say, in Jesus' name, sanctify my sexuality. Come on, y'all. Y'all want to pray some adult prayers right here? Y'all want to pray some adult prayers? Let's go. Say, don't let me be promiscuous. Y'all ready? Let's go. Say, don't let me be addicted to porn. Say, don't let me be attracted to what's not good for me. Don't let me fall for Delilah. Don't let me start looking at Bathsheba. Give me discipline over my body. Say it, give me discipline over my body. In Jesus' name. Now, I want to pray... For those who are married and those who desire to be married, you're gonna stay right where you're at in the building and line. If you're married or you desire to be married at some point. At some point. You ready? Here's your prayer. Say, Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you for preserving what you created for the confines of marriage. In Jesus' name. I declare. I will enjoy my spouse. I declare that we will not bring other spirits, other people, into our bedroom. I declare that we both will maximize the blessing we've been given of one another. And we will give the enemy no place I'm going to feed them and they're going to feed me. Neither one of us is going to be hungry. In Jesus name. Can you give God praise that we can talk about sex in church? Can you give God praise that we don't have to be condemned in church? Hallelujah. Come on real fast. We got to go. Listen, tonight, if you're not a Christian, this is your moment. Heads, my eyes, closed in the building, end the line. If you become a Christian, recommit yourself to the Lord, or be sure wherever you're at, this is your moment, this is your time. God's coming to get you tonight. Even in the message where we're talking about sex, God's coming to get you tonight. Last night, I did a quick, what, 15, 20-minute Therapy Tuesday teaser, and I wanted us to get to 300 decisions by Wednesday. That was our prayer. And so last night, I said, Lord, I know they're on here. And we hit overflow last night. We're at 306. 306. Can you thank God for that? Tonight, there's those of you in this building and online who need to give your life to the Lord. You need to become a Christian. For the first time, recommit yourself to the Lord or be sure, wherever you're at, I want you to throw your hand up in the building. Online, do the hand with the emoji say it's me. No guilt, no condemnation, no shame. What's the gospel? gospel is the good news that he died for you. That you going to have life and life more abundantly. One, he's coming to get you. Two. Three hands up in this building. Online, do the hammer emoji. Say it's me. Wherever you're at, everybody pray this to me. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, thank you, Lord, for your salvation. I confess it my mouth, and I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and my Savior. I give you all of me from head to toe. In Jesus' name, Amen. If you just prayed that prayer for the first time, the scripture says you're saved. I need you to take your phone out, scan the QR code on the screen, or text the word HARVEST to 55498 and let us know that you just gave your life to the Lord. Did y'all get some out of the word? Did
0: you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So...